Hey guys, joining me today is Yigal Adato. Yigal is a leadership expert, speaker, and an executive coach to business owners and is on a mission to build a legion of leaders. He now dedicates himself to helping business owners master self-leadership skills, make more money, stress less, and have more freedom to do what they love. Along with being the founder of a mastermind for businessmen, he is also the host of the new show, Small Business, Big Leaders. Yigal, welcome to the show. So, so happy to be here, Kalina. I appreciate it. It's great to have you. I am super excited to talk about the real reasons leaders fail and how to grow your business without giving up your health, happiness, and family. But before we do, please take a minute to fill in the gaps from that intro and tell us how did you get started on your journey? Sure. So I'll go back. Um, As a young kid, I was in a youth movement, youth organization, where I studied leadership and then I went on to lead uh, some of the leaders in that group. Um, But then I went off kind of left field and I became a rock star. And I wanted to do music. I wanted to go on tour, have the groupies. And I did that for a while. But I was a special kind of rock star. I was a broke rock star. So actually, my brother owned a pawn shop. And I know Aaron Walker was on your show pretty recently, but I got into the pawn shop business with my brother, did that for 16 years. And I started to help my management team and really train them on leadership and balance and life. And I just started to realize that I loved it. I loved every minute of it. So something happened, Colleen, where my wife came to me one day and she said, you know what, Egal, I didn't get married to be alone because I was working every day, you know, seven days a week, 14 hours a day. So I kind of had to shift you know, how can I take leadership and really learn balance and put the two together and still be successful in both areas? So I learned that to course after course, and I created this method for myself um, that I call Unlock the Leader. And I was able to sell my business, made great money, sold it to my brother. And I left and I wanted to teach leadership to other business owners because I wanted them to be able to be there for their kids and their wives and just to be able to enjoy life as opposed to just being financially successful. I can definitely relate with what you're sharing because I went through a similar experience. I started building my business and long story short, I was working somewhere between, I don't know, 10 and 12 hours uh, per day. So it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was financially successful. You know, I had three locations, managed over 100 employees, making lots of money, but I was working six days a week. 14 hours a day. And so I was so busy, I couldn't take care of myself. I was 40 pounds overweight. And then I got married. It was about eight months into the marriage. And my wife, when she sat me down and she said that I didn't get married to be alone, I had to just like rethink. And what I do is I went into the bathroom and I'll never forget this. And I was washing out my face and I, and I told myself, I was like, what is she talking about? I give her such a good life. You know, how could she complain? I'm working for us. And then I looked at myself in the mirror and I just said, Egal, stop lying to yourself. Stop blaming her. Stop lying to yourself. Take ownership. Take responsibility. You're not present. You're not there. You're overweight. I was sluggish. You know, all these things were happening to me and I was trying to pretend that nothing was going on. But in that moment, I woke up and I was like, all right, I need to do something differently. And the scariest part for me, Cal, was my father, who was much more successful than I was, 12 stores, tons of employees. At 58, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's and dementia. So now you've got this business owner who's making a ton of money, right? My father, and he goes to not being able to walk so well or talk so well. And all the money that he made has to go to caregivers, doctors, therapies. And I told myself, there's no way I want to go down that route. 
I hear you. So for all the businessmen that are listening to us, what are the first steps that they can create in their structure in order to avoid this trap? So the first one is just like I looked at myself in the mirror and I told myself to stop lying to myself. I think the guys on this call need to stop lying to themselves. I think as a business owner, we're so busy. Um, you know, even if you're an employee, you're just so busy, so much going on and you're pretending like everything's okay when sometimes it's not. You know, we're all going through some type of hell in our health, in our business. We're, we're suffering in some point. And as business men, we rarely talk about it. Why we really share because we don't want people to think that we're not so good, that you know we're going to fail. So I think the first step is to be honest with ourselves and to take into account where are we in our lives, where are we in our relationships, and where are we in our business. And I call that having extreme clarity, right? So you take a moment and you write down, where am I today? No judgment, no right or wrong. I just need to write, is it healthy or unhealthy? And to take into account that no one's going to look at this. You don't have to hand it in to anybody, Right. Just to be honest with yourself. And I think it starts with that. Where am I today? What's going on wrong today? And where do I need to get to? Absolutely. I was thinking that maybe including a habit such as journaling might help in this process because sometimes we are moving so quickly when it comes to growing our business that we simply do not have the time to slow down enough to look ourselves in the mirror and see ourselves with clarity. I love the idea and I actually do it I also think that journaling takes time to really master, right? It takes some time. I think the first thing that somebody listening should do is just write down what's not working right now. What's not working? What do I want to change? And I'll give you an example. Like in my life, I was 40 pounds overweight. So I told myself, I'm 40 pounds overweight. I'm sluggish. I need to lose weight. I need to get to the gym. In my relationship, I wasn't present, right? Just be really, really honest with yourself. I'm not present. My sex life wasn't great. Relationships with my family and friends weren't top notch. And then in my business, I might've thought things were great, but my employees at the time, they didn't enjoy working for me. They didn't see me happy. I wasn't a great leader. And those are things I needed to change. And so once I got that down, I said, okay, where do I want to get to? And so I had to write down what I wanted to do. Go to the gym, lose the weight, be present with my wife, Uh, and you know, learn about more leadership so that my employees were more productive. And then, Colleen, I had to do one thing that was so scary for me, which was become courageous and actually do what I said I was going to do to accomplish the goal I wanted. You know, I think so many times we we say we want to do something, and we don't. And our subconscious kind of says like, "Oh, you didn't do it again. You didn't do it again." And when we have this big plan, like have an incredible relationship with our wives. We kind of freak out and we don't do what we said we were going to do, and we just sit in the same routine that we always did. If we keep delaying this first step, if we keep delaying taking action, at some point, maybe we start questioning ourselves, our abilities, our capabilities to create this change in our life. So today is the best time, <laughs> guys. This is the best moment. Yeah, you know, a lot of lack of self-confidence, am I good enough, fear of failure will start coming in, but you just have to move. Just go and do. We were reading a book in the mastermind that I have. It's called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And there's one thing he says in there that kind of came out to me. It says, think progress, not perfection. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the way you envisioned it. Just progress. And the funny thing is that failing is progressing. If you don't try, there's no progress. But if you fail, that's still progress. That's true. My little mantra is better done than perfect. And it's done miracles for me. 
Yeah, you know, the, when we look at like the successful people, they just did. They failed horribly. My father failed horribly. Had three businesses go belly up. And then the fourth one hit millions and millions of sales. So what would have happened if he just said, I'm not good enough? You know, now granted, my father didn't have the balance in life and he just worked and worked. But, and in talking about that, I think it's important because for me, a successful man, this is men's journey today. A successful man isn't just a guy whose pockets or bank account has the most money. It's the man whose wife speaks to him with respect and he speaks to her with respect. It's the man whose kids grew up and say, my father was always there for me and I love him for that. It's the man who takes care of his body and is healthy. It's the man who takes care of his mind, right? We have an epidemic of, of drug abuse and, and painkillers. You know, you got to take care of yourself. Go to a psychologist, therapist, whatever it is. You just don't sit there and think that you're okay if you're not and take care of what you need to take care of because as men, we have a responsibility. And Kellen, you told me you have two kids and I have a, a two-year-old daughter. My world was turned upside down when I had a baby girl because I knew that I, the way I treated women, the way I treated her mother was the way that she was going to find a man, you know? And that was, that was scary. I was like, okay, I got to stop doing... St- dumb stuff. I gotta cut it out. I was wondering about some of the most common challenges and obstacles that your clients face while trying to implement these systems in order to create this work-life balance. Yeah, with pleasure. So the first thing is when I tell somebody to be totally honest with me, it takes a couple of sessions. I think we're very afraid to be honest out of judgment. And I tell my clients, there's no judgment here. It's not right or wrong. I just need to know where you are. But the biggest thing I think is when they come in, there's a lot of complaining instead of taking action. So they'll complain about their wife and their employees and the business. But when we say, okay, you need to do this one thing and that's it. It's just one thing from here until next week. It takes clients a little bit of time to believe in the process and to say, okay, I just have to do one thing and I'm okay. There's progress to that. And so sometimes you'll have clients come back and they come back and they say, well, I still have an issue with this employee. And I'll say, well, we talked about letting that person go or training them. Yeah, just, and it's excuses, right? It's excuse after excuse. And I think they believe that I'm going to take the excuses and I don't. But when I call them on their shit and I say, it's not about the excuses, it's your fault. You know, there's a book called Extreme Ownership. If they did something wrong, it's your fault. When that light bulb goes off, there's magic. When they stop the excuses, when they stop bullshitting themselves, that's when magic occurs. So the quicker I can get to that, the quicker we have results. Absolutely. That's kind of my experience as well. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Rich Litvin's work, but he has a couple of agreements that he uses with his clients. I found them in his book. They've done miracles for me in my coaching work. And the two agreements are... Well, the first one is hide nothing, hold nothing back. So you ask your client to commit to this, but you will commit to this as well. And on your part, you will tell the client what you have to say, no matter how difficult this might be to you, no matter how uncomfortable this might be to you as a coach. And the client commits to hiding nothing and holding nothing back so that this process can bring the success that they are actually looking for. And the second commitment is playing full out. And yeah, as I said, talking right from the beginning with the clients about these two commitments and taking them extremely seriously has done miracles uh, in my experience with my clients. That's beautiful. I want to go back to before I got married. Before I got married, I grew up in a family that 
didn't really speak about their emotions or what was going on a lot. A lot of this stuff was, you know, put under the rug and that's where they came from. I don't blame them for that. It took me six years of therapy, reading the book, The Disease to Please, to be able to just share my feelings with my wife. And I wouldn't share my feelings because I was afraid of confrontation. I was afraid of her being defensive. I was afraid of my true, just being myself, right? My authentic self and being transparent. And I wish I would have done that in a faster framework because now that I am, I get so much more done. I say yes when I want. I say no when I want. I share what I want. And I share what needs to be shared so that I can connect more with my friends and my wife and whoever it is I need to connect with. But I think that, you know, hide nothing, hold nothing back, like you said. It's such a beautiful framework to coaching because as coaches, we don't have judgment. We just want the best for every person who we work with. And if we want them to succeed, if they want themselves to succeed, they have to hide nothing. I don't care. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you did. I had a client who promised that he was going to be sober. And a couple of weeks ago, he had a drink and he shared it. And I said, thank you for sharing. Now let's work on what made you have that drink. And let's work through this as opposed to saying, oh, you're such a bad person because we're human, man. I make mistakes. I'm the first one to admit him. I've made some huge mistakes in my life. So for the guys listening, we all make mistakes. We all mess things up. Don't be afraid to share what you need to share. Because if not, you see, I think, Colin, that my father's disease, and this is just my opinion, I'm not a doctor, happened because he didn't share. He Everything was swallowed. You know, and if you swallow too much crap, some part of your body is going to give out. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Igal, I was wondering if we can talk also a little bit today about the reasons why leaders fail. Sure. I wrote an article about this. You know, leaders fail because of lack of courage. I think people want to follow people who, even though you don't know what you're getting into, the mission is still there and you'll do whatever it takes to get things done. I think leaders also fail because lack of commitment They're not committed. So if you're following somebody, right, and they say, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and they don't go, there's a lack of commitment there. Or this is the best one. If an employee says, I need to talk with you and you say, sure, no worries on Monday and you don't talk with them, there's a lack of commitment there. Huge lack of commitment. And they're afraid. They're afraid to follow people like that. So I think it's, you know, lack of clarity, lack of courage and lack of commitment. Those are the three big things I always talk about. And when you don't have those as a leader, People might think that you're leading, but deep down inside, they won't follow or they won't do what you need them to do. And the worst part is you might think that you're leading, but you're not. You're just creating chaos. You know, I say that leading with baggage is misleading. If you have baggage in your life, it's very, very hard to lead. If you haven't done the work to take care of, you know, reasons why you aren't authentic and transparent, then it's not going to work out. And so, and then within those, we have to check into what I wrote about, which is clarity, courage, and commitment in your relationships, clarity, courage, and commitment in your health, and clarity, courage, and commitment in your goals. So when it comes to relationships, be clear of what you want, be courageous in communicating, and be committed to the people in your life, right? When it comes to your health, be clear in what you want, be courageous in getting to the gym, doing what needs to be done, you know, not shoving cookies and, and stuff into your mouth all day long. And sometimes being at a party, which is filled with crap and you eating healthy, that's being courageous. And then being committed, like getting to the gym three times a week at six o'clock in the morning, whatever those days are, it's tough, but commit, you know, and then, and the goals, like have goals because people want to know what those goals are to support you. But if you don't 
try to achieve your goals, if there's no progress, it doesn't have to be perfection, people are going to be like, well, you're too busy, so why should I do it? And there's going to be breakdown. So yeah, it's clarity, courage, and commitment within your relationships, your health, and your goals. Great advice. Thank you for sharing that with us. Okay, as we're reaching the final part of the show, I would like to ask you a few more questions, personal questions that will give the audience invaluable pieces of wisdom to help them on their journey. So Yigal, are you ready for the fire round? With pleasure. Let's do it. All right. Here's the first question. If you were to recommend one book that every man must read, what would it be and why? Right now, I think it would be Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. That was a profound book for me. And because I have a Jewish background and so reading about the Holocaust was great, but just how you can have a mindset as he had imagined what people in the Holocaust went through and for him to get out of it was such a beautiful mindset to me is magic. Absolutely. Great read. I highly recommend it, guys. Here's the second question. If you had the opportunity to talk to your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give him? What would you tell him to do differently? I would tell him to start looking into your emotions. At 20 years old, all I cared about was sex. All I wanted to do was attract women and, and be popular. And I think it was detrimental to me because I forgot about my feelings. I forgot to feel sadness, feel joy. You know, I had a sexual addiction coming back in those years. And I would just go back and say, you know, get some help, go to therapist. And just really, really, really look into what you need to be okay. Man, that, that brought up some emotions for me. Thank you so much for opening up and being so vulnerable with us. I really appreciate it, Igal. And uh, the final question is related to your relationship with your father. And I would like to ask you to share a piece of advice that your father never got to tell you, or maybe he didn't know about being a man in today's world. I'm talking about information or advice that would have changed everything in your adult life. One that you will be sure to share with the future generation. So I have two pieces of advice because I think it's that important. One, don't hide anything because hiding stuff creates toxicity in your body. And you're always afraid of what if somebody finds out. So the first one would be don't hide anything. Say what's on your mind. Say who you're being. Say if you mess things up. Just don't hide anything. Absolutely. That's huge. And the second piece of advice would be, I think my father now, and he said it once to somebody while he was sick, you know, I wish that I didn't decide to spend more time with my family. Now that I'm sick, I wish I decided to do it before. So I think that my father regrets working so hard, even though he gave us such a great life and we had money, he regrets not spending time with us because at this point, he can't go on vacations. He can't walk as well, can't talk as well, can't communicate what he wants. And I think that's what he would have told me. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Yigal. Such a great episode. Yigal, before we say goodbye, please tell us about the projects that currently excite you and where can people find you? Sure. So I just started a show called Small Business Big Leaders. It's on YouTube and it's where I find incredible small business owners who are leaders in their community, leaders in their culture and leaders in their connections. So for their families, just great, great people. And I talk to them about how they have balance, how they do what they do, how they succeed both in life and in business. And it's awesome. And that's on YouTube. You can just search small business, big leaders. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at egaladotto.com. And I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter, all at egaladotto. 
and I look forward to chatting with everybody and, and uh, connecting. Thank you again for joining us today, Yigal. And I hope to have you again on the Managing Today podcast in the future. Uh, it would be my pleasure and honor. I've had a great time. Guys, till next time, take care. <laughs>